Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to This is the Pits. This week, Michael and I and a very special guest are going to talk about the big short from the year 2015. Our very special guest is H. Allen Scott, um, a gay former Mormon converted Jew, cancer survivor, writer, comedian, and podcaster. Welcome, H. Allen Scott. Thank you very much. And don't forget drag queen. You may also know H. Allen Scott as Sadie Pines, a stunning drag queen in L.A. And your podcast is You're Making It Worse, right? For on Starburns? It is. It's on Starburns Audio. And basically myself and Elliot Glazer and Brent Sullivan complain about gay people. That's it in a nutshell. Wow. Love, a, love a healthy dose of complaining about gay people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... it's I, I think we need to have a little bit more complaining in this world. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, so many people want to do and it gets better, and that's great. But I want to do sometimes like a, it's kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's be honest, it's not all that great. Yeah. Now, are we talking about famous gay people, or are we talking about just any old gay person you know? It's a mix. Okay. It's a mix. You know, I mean, there's a good level of hatred for like the thirst traps out there. Um, yeah. But. It's a mix, you know, but it's mainly there's a there's a focus to it. We don't like we're not bullies. We just are basically like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, because I think a lot of gay culture needs explaining. It's like you really Mm -hmm. like especially for people who aren't gay. Like, have you ever thought about like the the silicone pumping culture and how no like how would a straight person even begin to understand. Can you explain it? Hmm. I happen to have a little bit of a gay man in, in, in my soul, so I know about the silicone pumping <laughs> culture. <laughs> but can you explain to our guests what, a sili- what the silicone, pulping, silicone pumping culture is? Um, uh, you know what? I think Alan should explain it, because you're into that, right? <laughs> uh, well, I am obsessed with that. I mean, I love... Or we're talking about injections, right? Like face stuff? I was talking about dick stuff, but face stuff, stuff, too. Oh, Yes, yes. Well, dick stuff too. But for me, I'm obsessed. I am actually obsessed with getting all of the injections in my face. Like, I want a full. Do you have like, any? That is a part of gay culture. No, I don't have any because I don't make any money. <laughs> but if I did, <laughs> I would have the largest lips. I would have Botox every single month. Like, mm. I would do. I don't want to have expressions in my forehead. I feel you. Um, that is a big part of gay culture in urban areas. And I. That is one thing that I don't think they're making it worse. I think they're making it better. Truly, yeah, truly trailblazing the the face culture. <laughs> but there are there are the injections in your dick to make it appear more like thick, right? Like more like substantial. Oh, it's way more than that. It's like it's like they will inject it till it goes like halfway down their thighs, and like they yeah. can't even wear normal yeah. pants. And it's like, can they get erections? No, like what? The, it, it'll, it's a sexual thing. It's a BDSM. It's just like thing. Your, like your dick doesn't get bigger. No, <laughs> right. It's in your testicles. So like the uh, silicone thing. Sorry, I get. There are things that you can do to your actual like dick to make it thicker, and people are doing that in like photos and stuff. But the silicone injections. Sorry, I was going into the sex thing. They make the they make the testicles really really large, and it lasts for like a certain amount of days, and it's like a BDSM. Thing and someone recently died of it, right? Oh yeah, we're oh we're gonna get into the weeds with this, but yes, <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna let me just steer say. this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> let me just say, look up tank and noodles and beef, and it's a whole thing you just cannot get out of. Anyway, um, <laughs> we're actually here to talk about Brad Pitt and The Big Short, and. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, the housing market. What better way to get into the housing market than fucking silicone penis injections? Exactly. Am I right? Yeah, that's what, that's a perfect segue. <laughs> Actually, well, but, well, I want to. I want to. When we get into the Brad Pitt thing, I have a very special um, guest that I also want to include in this. It's not a human; it's an actual object that I will get into the Brad. Oh god, I thought Brad Pitt was at your house or something like that. I thought no, you were Brad Pitt be is like, not Brad coming is... to my house. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. What is your take, H. Allen, on Brad Pitt? How do you feel about him generally? Do you have an opinion? Do not. Give us the download. Do I have an opinion? I have so many opinions oh, great. on Brad Pitt. What's your top line opinion on Brad Pitt? Well, my top line opinion is that we are brothers from another mother um, because we're both proud Missourians. Okay. Okay. And, and Missourians stick together. And I have everyone, like everyone in Missouri has a connection to Brad Pitt in some capacity. Everyone has a story. And mm-hmm. if, if it may not be necessarily true all the time. Sometimes I call bullshit on half the stories. But um, there are many stories. I have a few. My mother... Graduated from the same high school as Brad Pitt. Different years, because she's a little bit older. Kickapoo High School in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, my God. It is down the street from a mall that doesn't have doors on the bathroom stalls because um, drug addiction is such a big thing (gasps) that people use drugs in the bathroom. I found this out years later. This is an insight into Brad's upbringing, though. That's a huge little tidbit that I will take. Yeah. I mean, they may have had doors when he was growing up. I'd like to think that. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think yeah, of them mall, coming the up in a very bathroom stalls. They don't. Wow. They don't have doors because they. So you can catch them doing drugs and having sex and stuff. So you're telling me there is a small chance I could have walked into the bathroom in that mall and seen Brad Pitt taking a shit or peeing. I yeah yes wow yeah big deal big deal yes. wow and underage at that no actually he was actually. Of age he for a of long age. time. No, he was of age. He was of age because he went from Springfield, Kickapoo High. I think he graduated in like 82 mm. or something. And, um, and then he went directly to M- Mizzou, uh, right. University of Missouri, mm-hmm. Columbia. With, to, there was the journalism school there, which is where all my friends went to. And whenever I would go down to Mizzou on weekends to like stay, whenever I was in St. Louis, I'd go to Mizzou. And my friend, Blythe, stayed, lived in the same dorm as Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt actually posed for a... It was either a journalism school calendar or it was like a, just a Mizzou calendar in general. What? But that's all over the journalism school at Mizzou. Yeah. Uh, what? We need to get our hands on that calendar. I'm telling you guys, I got Pitt stories. Like, Merry Christmas, Michael. I'm going to get my fucking hands on that calendar, and I'm going to mm-hmm. find it for the you. The pictures are out there. The pictures are out there. There's, like, there's he posed. I mean, it wasn't, like, sexual. It was just like, look, I'm a stud of Mizzou. But he had, like, the bad skin. You know how he has the weird He's cracky got the skin right in the yeah. smile corners? Yeah, he has that pox skin, which is, like, you know, makes him relatable. And he, <laughs> he, uh, and he has it in the photos. I have to say what's really... We talked about his pit skin pun intended, um, his pitted skin earlier mm-hmm. on in the podcast, I feel like as he got older and he started to wrinkle more, it's hot, it's hidden, mm-hmm. right? Oh, and he got stuff done. He got stuff done. You think so? Oh, I, for I, sure. I, I, no, I Yeah, know he's so. definitely I mean, had yeah, stuff done. he definitely got stuff That's, done. You know what? I got to say, yeah. b- back to the silicone thing. Since being gay <laughs> and knowing about silicone culture, I have learned... That fucking everybody has it in their face. You know, oh. all of the movie stars that yeah. you like, yeah. they all wear wigs. None of their hair is fucking mm-hmm. real. And they all oh, have yeah. all kinds of shit in their face, even if it's really subtle. 
even people who you think just have a natural beauty, it's not natural. And you know why that is? Because like people like Brad Pitt, and I mean, I guess it's more women that get this done, but like a lot men too, they, their, their weight fluctuates because of roles or they either are like, he has even had like, he's super muscly in once upon a time in Hollywood, but then he's not so muscly in other films like, you know, 12 years a slave or whatever. And so that does, that makes the face skin, especially as you age, get weird. So he definitely has fillers to fill out. So he looks like that Thelma and Louise. He's got that well, nice tight skin and yeah. I mean, but I don't think I he call has it sexual. It is sexual. It is very <laughs> sexual. Um, He's so sexual. Yeah. So in general, you'd say you're a fan. Oh, I'm a huge fan. I I have been. I have such like childhood memories of Brad Pitt. In fact, the guest I have today, who I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this down so you guys can't see. But I have a like. <gasps> that's that's our favorite uh, right here. Oh my god. It's, it's 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 very it's I mean this is a Sadie Pines wig but it's very Legends of the Fall. It it's is. It's very like I'm a I'm tormented. Where's Julia Ormond? I need her. I love that you know Legends of the Fall so well because Oh, I know every single film. I know Legends of the they say, you've done every Brad Pitt movie, you know so much about him, what would you say is your favorite role, what's your favorite movie that he's done? Maybe not movie, but his favorite, my favorite role still to this day, 45 episodes in, is fucking Legends of the Fall, Brad Pitt crying on the hill, never, I, I changed yeah. from seeing that. I love Legends of the Fall, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's my favorite role, but it is the moment that, that Brad Pitt became... Brad Pitt. Yes. Like Brad Pitt could have gone in one of two directions. After Interview with the Vampire, he could have gone in like a rom-com leading man, whatever. But no, he went, he was like the one like leftover from grunge culture. And he was just like, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to stay grunge. I'm going to look weird. And he kept it. And he went down this direction of sort of just like being looking dirty all the time. And I was here for it. And I'm proud of it. I'm proud of that moment. I'm proud of it, too, because he, he very easily could have completely rejected it after. I mean, he he hated uh, shooting a lot of his earlier movies that he was kind of pressured into doing, I think. And typecast. And, mm-hmm. and he was being typecast a lot. And so he really easily could have rejected that and just become like something else. But I think that part of the thing for him was that like he didn't want to look hot. So, yeah, he would take these things. Absolutely. But how can he not? Yeah, well, he didn't want to be typecast anymore, so he would. He continually took. I love that you're just going to wear this wig for the rest of this. Please don't ever take of it I off. Am. It really, it's amazing <laughs> of how, ladies and gentlemen, we'll post this a picture on our stories and our Instagram. But like, it really, it's a great wig because it just immediately assumes your face and doesn't mm-hmm. look like a wig. That's a custom lace, baby. Oh, you know oh, that is that, that <laughs> very much is. It's a it's a it's it's bomb bomb right. Yeah, it's a. I asked my boyfriend. It's a bomb bomb wig. Ooh. Sexual. Well, but yeah, no, it's a great way. The, and, and the whole culture, this is, do you remember the moment? I, of course, do. It is still at my parents' place in St. Louis, Missouri, the magazine, the Vanity Fair cover uh. of Brad Pitt that promoted Legends of the Fall. It came out in advance of Legends of the Fall, and he had the long hair. Oh, my God. And the wet, or it wasn't wet, but it was open shirt. Uh, yes. It was good. It was, it was oily. Everyone, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's an iconic, one of the iconic moments for Brad Pitt, along yeah. with winning Sexiest Man Alive. Yeah. And it was around that time that yes. he won his first Sexiest Man Alive. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That whole period. And, and 12 Monkeys. 12 Monkeys is my favorite role. Sorry. I what? Really? I just don't get when people yeah. have. When is the last time you watched that movie? Yeah. 
I'll tell now. Last time I watched it was like a couple years ago, but I'll tell you why it's my favorite movie. It's not because of his acting. It's not because of anything he necessarily anything that came from the film. It is purely because it was the one time that I could clearly see his butt for the first time in film. Oh yeah, yeah, we did okay. see his butt. Okay, all right, I'll give that to you. That's fair. I believe yeah. we also saw um, what's his face's butt, the guy Bruce Willis. We did. Uh, who ca- everyone's seen Bruce Willis's butt. <laughs> Tell that to my sister. My sister has a weird crush on Bruce Willis. Anyway. That is weird. Well, let's, um, she can freeze frame color of money and see the dick. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Okay, so we already covered the year 2015 in our podcast last week in By the Sea, which came out in September. This movie came out in December of 2015. I have three little pop culture things just to touch on so we can place ourselves back in the year that The Big Short came out. The first one, which I missed last year, uh, last week, was it was the blue or gold dress debate of 2015. It was like, oh, is the blue uh, yeah, is yeah. the dress blue or gold? And it shattered the internet. What's Again, happening in simpler 20- time? Similar time. What's happening in 2015 is that like memes are starting. Like, oh, I remember when I oh. discovered memes. It was yeah. like, what do you call those things where it's a funny picture with words on top? It was like memes. That's a meme. Yeah. Yeah, show me a Mimi. I love a Mimi. I love a Mimi too. <laughs> and so another Mimi that happened that year, which was so random and so like indicative of internet culture, was Katy Perry did the halftime show and the left shark at the Super Bowl <laughs> became oh, internet famous. Um, and it was such like a picture of the whole fucking internet became obsessed with this, the left shark. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's you can tell they were bored. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of where everyone went on the internet was like, oh, guys, we can be funny together. We can all be funny. Let's all all bully people together. (laughs) Exactly. And then more apropos of this podcast, uh, Jennifer Aniston married Justin Thoreau in 2015. They've since divorced, sadly. That vitamin water money really got that big wedding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. She, She needed that. She needed to feel. I bet Brad was happy. He was happy. He loves her. They they still love each other, I think. Genuinely. He was fighting with Maddox while also being secretly happy for Jennifer. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And in the world of Brad's life in 2015, he's pretending to be happily married, but on the heels of divorce with Angelina. At this can, point. can you imagine being one of those kids and being like, hey, dad, how come everyone always talks about this girl that you only that you were with like before I was born? Like, can you imagine the entire world talking about somebody that your parents your, one of your parents dated like before you were even <laughs> born. It's like, wh- how? Crazy. How and why? Mm-hmm. Like, what is happening? I actually can because my <laughs> mother would always tell me about how she was so happy when my dad would go out and like be with his girlfriend because it would get him out of the house for like three days so she could actually do something. Oh my God. And, and they divorced later, of course. But yeah, and then that woman became my stepmother, and I always was like, "Oh, you were the you were the lady that he was going oh, to for three wow, days," wild. and then they divorced two years later. So I kind of had that childhood on a really small scale. You're like, my parents flew me around on private jets with my six other siblings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ex- I'm basically Shiloh Pitt. <laughs> I pretty much experienced the <laughs> exact same. Basically, I can relate. If I ever meet them, I'm going to be like. We have something. It's a Missouri yeah. thing. It's a Missouri thing. Yeah. Um, um, I bet that I bet they've never been to Missouri ever. Oh, absolutely not. Well, his brother Actually, lives there, and he's like the mayor of. His brother like ri- really right. rides hardcore right. off the coattails. So he, maybe they went to go visit does. him. He does. He's in like commercials and stuff. Yeah, they're also huge Trump supporters. 
Trump supporters? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, guys, you cannot have a Brad Pitt podcast and not know that his mother is a Trump stanner. Oh, His no. family loves Donald it's Trump. It's not that surprising. And they're, in fact, they're known. It's not surprising known at all. They're in Springfield for being, like, like, passionately in support of Donald Trump, especially his mother. Woof. Oh, That's I harsh. bet there's a rift. There's got to be a rift there because yeah. no way Brad mm-hmm. supports Trump. There's just no way. Yeah. Is there no way? But like in Legends of the Fall, he finds common ground. He'll find a common ground and listen. He's not going to put anyone down. But when we were talking, when we were talking, when I was researching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. We're descending into thinking that we had full conversations with him. Yeah. That's going to start no, happening because now. Because <laughs> I read an interview and so in my head I was... You, no, I know. I know exactly what happened in your head. But he told me that he really appreciated playing this role that he played because he really liked the real guy oh. that he played, the guy that like was obsessed with seeds. And just to segue into the big short, that guy in the interview that we conducted, uh-huh. he was like, you know, that real guy has a home that you can't access by car in case of Armageddon. He like lives fully off the grid now. Wow. And he said he really... Oh, ma'am. He really... Like identified with that person having been in the spotlight for so long. Wow. Okay. Well, I did not identify with Brad Pitt as that person. I'll tell you that's that. true. You didn't. Oh, you didn't. No, you weren't wild Brad about Pitt him. Can't. I'm sorry. We'll get into it. No, let's yeah. hear we'll it. What, it sure. Why? Why not? Well, okay. The guy is a. Do you, did you look up what the real guy looks like? No. Yeah. I didn't. Well, you'll be shocked. And it. He. Brad Pitt. No one's ever going to believe Brad Pitt is near retirement age, even when he is right now near retirement yeah. age. And this person was Ben Rickett, right? He was brought yeah. out of retirement to like consult in the situation. And then at, at the end of the film, he's back, back in retirement. I just, I like Brad Pitt when he tries to be the smart consultant in every movie like this and like 12 Years a Slave kind of things. Like he's been doing that a lot in the recent years oh, yeah. because of critical acclaim. And I understand it. Mm-hmm. But this one was a bit of a stretch. Like, you know, like, like a Jonathan Price or an Anthony Hopkins could have played this role a little oh, bit. Oh, Anthony Hopkins would have sure. slayed this So role. this brings yeah. up a really good point, though, is that. Basically, in the interview that we did together, um, he says, he was like, the studios don't want to make these kinds of movies because they don't fit into the business model anymore. So it's complicated material, and it's a gamble. They need some guarantee with marquee. So often, I jump in and take a part first because I love the project. And if I jump in, I know it's going to get made. Yeah. Then when Steve Carell and Christian Bale and Ryan Gosling came in, I was like, okay. He was like, originally I had a bigger part, but then I realized that like my name wasn't going to go as far. But he does that a lot, and he did that with Twelve Years a Slave, and he does that with all the Plan B movies he's actually in. He did it with By the Sea. (laughs) With By the Sea, he's like, I just need to get this thing made, and so I'm going to be in it. No, like he's not. He's like, this needs to be done. So I'm going to lend my name and face to it. I saw, was it, Chelsea, was it? I respect it. Yeah, I respect yeah. that. I think it's great. I, but Chelsea, weren't, was it you who I was talking with? Or maybe it was Brad I was talking with. But he was saying that he's <laughs> thinking of retiring soon, but he's not going to force it. Like, it's just kind of a, yeah. when it happens naturally, then it's just, that's just going to happen. Like, it's not going to be no fanfare, no big thing. Not yeah. like a big, it's just going to, it's a, acting as a young man's game and, you know. He feels yeah. like he's kind of fading out of it. 
Which is funny, too, bringing it back to another point I read of when I interviewed Ryan Gosling. <laughs> this, oh. was, this was the first movie he did after announcing his retirement from acting in 2013. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. Oh, I hate... I, the, one of the things, like, I hate... Because you can tell they're not... I mean, I, I think Brad Pitt is probably very intelligent, but I also yeah. think he probably is a little bit dumb, too. And yeah. I know Ryan Gosling is probably definitely dumb. And, yeah. <laughs> like, in interviews and stuff, you... I actually know he's dumb because I once stalked him going down Sunset all the way downtown. I can tell you that story. Um, but he... They, in these interviews, I think they get asked these questions about, like, aging or whatever, and they don't have a solid answer and so they just go in these like retirement question things and mm. then they say they're retiring and then three years later they're back in a movie <laughs> yeah or they say they're retiring because I mean, it's like I did I did a great movie I got nothing on the horizon everyone's asking me what I'm doing yeah. next just get off my tits I'm retiring and then Brad Pitt is never retiring but I'm sorry, like, what the fuck did Ryan Gosling have to retire from me? He made like four movies in 2013 Brad Pitt's True. been going since 1988 yeah. Brad Pitt yeah. deserves retirement. Yeah. If he wants to retire, he can. And he never will. You know why? Because he's passionate about his craft. That's true. I can see Brad Pitt doing a Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. Cary Grant was like, I'm retiring. Like, in the 50s, he was like, I'm done. Like, I'm old. Everyone else is young. Like, I'm not doing it. And then everyone was like, but we love you. You're Cary Grant. And so then he went and he did, like, North by Northwest and, like, mm-hmm. that, that movie with Audrey Hepburn. Like, he did a bunch of movies. Yeah, sw- after some swan songs. Yeah. I bet you Brad... He'll be back. He'll be around. Brad will do that, too. Like, he, he'll just... I think he's already kind of doing it where he just doesn't really do that much. But then, like... Something comes along and he's like, okay, I'm into this. Or he like wants it to get made, so he'll do a small role. But like mm. once every four years, he'll do like a big role or something like that. Like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. I love it. I do love that. I will always enjoy seeing Brad Pitt. Yeah. Even if he is looking like a retired math professor that he can never actually be. I would love, <laughs> I would love a movie about a retired math professor played by Brad Pitt where... Something has to happen, but he's super smart. He never plays someone who's super smart, except for this movie. Let's talk about this what, movie, actually. What if, what if he like combines a bunch of parts? <laughs> like he combines like smart math professor, zombie apocalypse, slavery, and um, old Hollywood all in one character. I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah, that sounds great. I would love him to do that. He could do it. If anyone Don't could do, do it, that, he Brad. could pull it off. <laughs> yes. Okay. So. This movie, for those who haven't seen it, maybe since it came out, it was nominated for Best Picture. It's a movie about the market crash in 2007 and, like, leading up to it, all the people, all, like, seven of the people in the whole world who saw it coming um, and were trying to tell people about it. And nobody listened, so they instead bet on it, and they made a bunch of money on betting against the U.S. housing market. Um, And I loved it. What's your, like first take on it Chelsea I really loved it and I'll tell you why I loved it because it is a really dark and depressing serious thing boring conversation that managed to be entertaining there was a certain amount of levity in it in the beginning it's a weird thing to root against the guys who are making money off of the financial crisis and at the end you're sort of left with this like Oh, fuck, kind of a feeling. Mm-hmm. But the whole time you're engaged in that world in a way that you 
100% never w- will be ag- again, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed that it was humorous while also talking about something that I don't really understand. And I appreciate the fact that I feel like I now understand it, even though I 100% do not. Yes. I, yeah. I feel the same way. I don't understand anything of it at all. <laughs> In fact, I, I, I don't. Uh, especially when they start moving into fast because they do that sort of like film trick where they yeah it's sort of like when the Muppets travel to tell a story and show progress of time the big short also does that with totally. like facts and um, I get that I actually I like the film of course but I only like it as a comedy with a bunch of celebrities to me it's like airplane in a way it's like and there's all these celebrities in it and they're all talking uh, math and I love it yeah um, yeah it doesn't but, really matter yeah it doesn't really matter if I understand what actually happens. But I will say one person missing from this film who deserves story credit for it because it is basically Elizabeth Warren's stump speech about how she created like the housing crisis and how she foresaw this, all this coming and how she basically like created the consumer protection, whatever board that she's on that she created mm-hmm. from all of this, all of yeah. that happened in this movie. So this is basically like a commercial for her campaign. Well, it's really interesting <laughs> though, because re- re- listening to, I listened to a few roundtable discussions with all the actors and the writer of the book that he, that's based on the same guy who wrote Moneyball. So he already has a relationship with Brad Pitt. Um, really smart guy. And he was like, what's crazy about this is that we, or, and Adam McKay, the director, was like, what's crazy about it is we thought we were going to bring this, not we thought, but like we brought this story into the homes of millions of people who were really separated from it. Even the people who lost their homes really didn't understand why they had lost their homes. They just understood that like they couldn't pay their mortgage and then their homes went away. But that he was hoping that there would be some conversation of bank reform at some point. And like, what's weird about this too, is that this movie came out in 2015. So right before the 2016 election. So like it was right when Trump was, was going out there. Bernie was out there. Um, you know, Clinton was out there and it was in the midst of like right before the primaries, so it's really weird watching this movie now where we're in the same sort of time frame, exactly the same time frame as it came out then, four years ago. Right. Because yeah. we're the same amount of time away from an election. Yeah, exactly. But what's interesting is what we weren't talking about, I don't think any of the candidates were really talking about then, they are talking about now, like 12 years after the housing crisis, in two, or 11 years after the housing crisis in 2008, mm-hmm. and like years after this movie was made, like we're talking about a livable wage, we're talking about the idea of like people being able to afford their housing, their house payments, while also being able to afford healthcare, but not necessarily yep. like the taxes that are associated with healthcare, but the actual cost of healthcare. Yeah. And, and it's really and interesting. And also, just at the end of the movie where they're like, okay, so right when before they're like, okay, so now like, Poor people and disenfranchised people of different races and poor people are going to be persecuted for this. Just kidding. Everything yeah. ends up well. And then they were like, no, just kidding. Everybody it is poor people. So in all of the interviews that I read and watched, they talk about a border wall and how people were really? starting to talk about a border wall and how like it actually did affect like how that movie in a way like was already prepared to talk about the repercussions of the financial crisis. It's so frustrating. To this day. Yeah, it fucking sucks. It's so frustrating. Well, and it's also, it's shifted to student loan 
debt now. I mean, you yeah. have like just like last last this last week, there was this whole report about how Sally May, the largest lender of student loans in the country, took like a hundred bank people to like Hawaii for a vacation, while the rest of the country literally like there's I forget the number, but it's like. A big number of people yeah. who have massive amounts of student debt and they can't afford it. And these people are just giving loans to people who can't pay it back. It's the so same fun. thing that happened in the big short is happening with student loans. It's because yeah. they know they it's can all... they know they're gonna get bailed out, they know they can get away with it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Essentially, Wall Street and financial institutions and the banks of this country are fucking horrifyingly corrupt is something that this movie makes very clear that and yeah. it's and, and it's not changed. It's still the same as it was four years ago. It's really crazy for me because I work on Wall Street in a building that was like, yeah, well, I work on Wall Street in production at an advertising company. And it's crazy because the only reason I'm in the building that I go to is because all of these buildings in downtown New York were completely vacated after this crisis. And so there's like BuzzFeed has an office down there. All this new media has moved in to what was once. I mean, obviously, Wall Street is still Wall Street, but there's all these new media companies coming in and I'm like I'm always like wow I work on Wall Street it's very weird <laughs> legitimately so weird. you're like in yeah. the offices where like shit went down mm. it's an old bank it has like old like banking things so That's cool so weird. it's like you should be doing this from like a massive high rise apartment but clearly you're in Brooklyn yeah <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm in my tenement just kidding I live in a lovely bathroom <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, how fun was it to see Steve Carell play someone who's not a total idiot? So he was my 100% favorite part of this movie. I love St- – I mean, yes. it's like Same. Steve Carell and um, Christian Bale were so good in this. I oh love God. both of them mm-hmm. so much. And I hate Christian Bale, and I liked him in this. Oh, well, and that's saying something. He was great. I mean, undeniably. Yeah, even if you hate Christian Bale, which I think a lot of people do – um, he yeah, rightfully so. He changes so much in every movie, like his body, his mm-hmm. voice. He's a truly method guy. He, that's someone getting injections. That man gets injections in his face, especially because his face doesn't change that much unless he gets like really fat. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, yeah. it stays. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. I yeah. When I was interviewing him, I forgot that he was from England. I always forget <laughs> he's from England because he always does these like American movies. He always plays American roles. Yeah. Um, he played Dick Cheney. Uh, yeah. That was good, too. He was so good as Dick Cheney. Oh, yeah. Also directed by Adam McKay. Same director exactly. as Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fun yeah. fact about his eyeball. I was watching with my boyfriend. Oh. He was like, how did he, how did Christian Bale, like, figure out how to move his eye like that? And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's VFX, but I'm going to wait to do the research to find out. Turns out that, like, they spent hours pouring over it, like just color correcting it and moving it ever so slightly. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they spent like a lot of money just making so his eye wasn't perfect. Wow. But not like crazy so that you would be like, oh, he has a dead eye. Wow, that's but, impressive. Like, Weird. Yeah. It turned out yeah, really good. That's a, um, turned out really good. I loved also the all the cameos from celebrities like Anthony Bourdain. Like, it just made me so happy to see all those little faces in there. I always love when a fourth wall breaks. You know, you know, and I also yeah, thought it was a really same. clever. It's just so clever to be like, okay, guys, none of us know what the fuck is going on here. Average U.S. audience, 
let me bring you in in a way that like <laughs> I know I know you'll take to. Give, let's give you fame. Well, because like let's have an SNL laugh break moment, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, because like with the things that they're talking yeah. about in this movie, like they literally were betting on money that didn't exist, or like mm-hmm. they like made up their own type of money and um Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to just like explain that in a way that makes sense it's like especially or like you know explain it in a way that helps you to understand what a big deal it is and i think that they did they did a pretty good job at just being like look this is a huge (laughs) deal here look at this big celebrity we have i just thought it was a lovely little thing. You know one thing I didn't like, though, about the cast? I love Steve Carell. I liked Ryan Gosling, which I rarely do. Mm-hmm. Like, I like all of that. But I feel like maybe I'm getting, like, 2009 post-Me Too syndrome. But, mm-hmm. like, I watch movies like this. And one of the reasons why I kind of left doing stand-up and started even more going into drag is because I hated, like, the boys club of mm. comedy circles. And Adam yes. McKay is the king of that. And... You watch films like this, and like the top build stars in this film are like all dudes with probably mediocre penises, besides Brad Pitt, which we saw in those photos. Um, I'd argue though that this is also banking in general is all dudes with mediocre sized penises. I I agree with that too, but like there's there's angles that this because I mean this this isn't like a shot for shot basis of the book. Like yeah. you could have gone in and used a lot of testimony from Elizabeth Warren or even what like a lot of other politicians were saying at the time about the housing crisis and show mm. a different perspective. And it's just sort of like uh dudes being dudes with other dudes, you know? Uh yes. This movie does like, not point, pass the Bechtel test at all. Points received and taken, but I do think that yeah, I just think that like the basis of the story I agree. It's not very famous. But you're right about Adam McKay in general. He, but he tends to sway very broy. Like he's a bro. Yeah. He directed Anchorman. I don't want Brad Pitt supporting that. Like Brad Pitt, I know is above that because Brad Pitt was like we were talking about this about Brad. Like when Melissa Etheridge wanted to have kids or whatever, and she was like, "Oh, maybe I can take Brad Pitt's sperm." Like he's chill. He's ready to give lesbians his sperm. Like he wants to uplift diversity and like show it to the world. And it's like you're gonna be yeah. He has with three. Adam he has three daughters. Shit. Yeah, it's like he loves. And and also, not only does he have three daughters, he's incredibly progressive. He's incredibly supportive of like marginalized communities being uplifted, both in the entertainment yeah, industry I mean, and also just in life. Getting three daughters yeah. doesn't make you a feminist. No, but also telling yeah. this story. I mean, we have to pick our battles, right? I think maybe the, yeah, his his ideology here is like, hey, let's tell the American people what the fuck actually happened, mm-hmm. and that's the battle yeah. he's picking. The battle isn't like women. Are, it just is not that story. And, like, I yes, know. it is boys on boys on boys. Point acknowledged and taken, but, like, it's just not that story. The story is, hey, guys, look what the fuck is going on every single day. All these people, yeah. all the money. For your education, you have to pay for the rest of your fucking life something you'll never pay off. Yeah. Thousand-year loans, essentially. Not, not even when you die. Yeah, well, it's fucked. Yeah, yeah. Look, I agree that that's not the story, but also there were women women in this movie, but the roles that they had was sympathetic, emotional, and then idiot who doesn't mm-hmm. understand. Those were the two yeah. women exactly. who really had roles. And there were and so many a little there annoying. were so many women involved in the housing crisis that like leaders, female leaders, not just political leaders, like business leaders that were saying like, "Guys, this is fucked up." And yet 
the vo- those voices are even crossed over for like you know of course the evil doers on Wall Street and they're all men always all the time yeah. but like you know there's there's as a storyteller as a writer there is an ability like for example when I'm writing I don't presume someone's gender I will never presume someone's gender and I will never clarify someone's gender ever and there's a way to be progressive while also tell the story in the reality that there is that's out there you know what i mean because like totally there's no do doubt both. that this was a, a very man heavy story like no matter how you slice the cake it's just like a lot of men mm-hmm. um it is yeah you can say that about yeah. a lot of brad pitt's movies in general though too yeah like, and it's so depressing I, I, I guess if i'm gonna pick if i'm gonna say like there should be more f- women in this after doing this podcast this is not the one where i, I will take that stance just because <laughs> He's in so many where it's just like where there could be more fuck. women. Yeah, like sure. what the yeah, fuck? Definitely. Like this is a st- yeah. This is like especially a story his '90s movies. People totally. It's like this is a movie. Yeah. based on a book about the guys, specifically guys who knew about something. And like I totally agree with you and hear you, but I just am saying like God in the history of Hollywood in general, this one is like yeah, yeah right. Um, I hear you. I get that. I um, get I just wish, you know, I was a lady. No, I'm here with you. I'm with the ladies, too. Okay, one of the notes that I wrote, changing gears, I wrote, oh, when this is what I, what I wrote when I first saw Brad Pitt. I said, oh, Brad Pitt is an expert who we trust blindly. I buy it. 100%. <laughs> I was just ready for that. I was like, yeah, okay. I will yeah. trust him with anything. Sure. If he tells me to trust him, I will. That's, that's the bottom line here. Oh, yeah. I would do anything Brad Pitt told me to do. Definitely. Oh, a thousand percent. I saw him and I said, yeah. hey, old buddy. Glad to see you here. Yep. It was like, ah, there's <laughs> Wait, my guy. have you guys met Brad Pitt? No. No. Don't, Let's, don't rub it in. Have you? Have you met him? I'm stroking my hair slowly. It seems like Yeah, <laughs> I met him at a press junket. What? Like years, years, years Tell ago. Us, did you smell him? I need to know how he smells. He smells amazing. I mean, he smells like a man, but not like a, oh, you've been working. More like a, oh, you took care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and I know he it smells was, good. It was, I want to smell him. It was, it was the year of, uh, of 12 Years a Slave, and like he was making all the awards shows things, and I was doing stuff for Vice back then. And, um, and I was there, and he shook my hand, and I said, I'm from Missouri. And he was like, oh, and then we talked about Missouri, and... That was really it. It was very quick because then Viola Davis came and she didn't like my question and gave me a very angry face. And that's really all I remember. But oh, yeah. it was a moment. That's great. That is a moment. I love that. Yeah. I'm very jealous. Yeah. I would love to shake Brad Pitt's hand. I'd talk with him about it. Do anything. you have any other intel like from Missouri? Any other behind the oh, scenes about, takes? About, yeah, the, every single woman in Missouri claims to know someone who's dated Brad Pitt. Um, if you were a woman in Missouri, especially in the Mizzou Springfield area in the early eighties to mid eighties, you knew someone who dated Brad Pitt or slept right. with Brad Pitt or got drunk with Brad Pitt. Um, Ugh, he sounds like, like that fun it. dude. Like, yeah, he definitely, that's the reputation he has. And everyone is so proud that Brad Pitt is from Missouri that, that there's all these, like he's become 
like the boogeyman in a way because it's like folklore. It's like yeah, it's almost like he didn't exist in Missouri, but everyone's just sharing these stories over and over and over again that they're so proud of. They're so proud of it. You go to the 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 dorm room at Mizzou, and people will just tell you things about Brad Pitt doing shit in different rooms, and it's like you know it's probably not true. But you're okay with it because I'm you here for it. it. You want to believe it. Yeah. You want to be like, wow, he really, his butt was really in that chair one time. And you just are fine with that, you know? Oh my God. I'd you spend literally just $700. I did. I yes. squished off my seat <laughs> <laughs> thinking it was his seat. <laughs> um. Oh, Brad, Brad Pitt as a sexual magnet was such a huge influence on me. Like, honestly, oh, yeah. like, at, like, he was the identifier for what I thought was attractive in my gay adolescence, which, and he came at a pivotal time for me because I was going into puberty right when Interview with the Vampire started. Right. Oh, oh and that was a started. very homoerotic and, role, I might add. Yeah. And then those years, like you had that, 12 Monkeys, Legends, of course, and then you had Fight Club just a couple years after that. And it was just sort of like he defined what masculinity, sexual masculinity was for mm. me yeah, in a lot of ways. He still does. He still does. He still holds up. And it's really funny. Like my boyfriend always points out if we're out at dinner or something and I start talking about this podcast, he's always like the weird thing about this podcast from my perspective is that Chelsea feels as though she has discovered that Brad Pitt is hot. (laughs) Like he's always like, you always act as if like you've found this like diamond in the rough when really like (laughs) what we consider is hot is Brad Pitt. Like everything is a comparison to him. In Hollywood Wait, since I he know. came on the scene. I have a question for you, Chelsea. So, like, mm-hmm. your boyfriend, I assume he's straight. Not he's bi straight. or anything, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I mean, he's probably the gayest of the men I've dated. I mean, on the scale. He's definitely fiercely straight. Yes. But he is yes, most... Yes, he is appre- fiercely. He can appre- <laughs> not fiercely, not fiercely. He can appreciate a male form. Sometimes, like, well, like, we'll be in a bar and he'll be like, that guy's so attractive. And I'll be like, he really is attractive. Okay, like we he, get it. He's straight mm. mostly. He's straight well, mostly. See, now that's my question. Because I find straight men, when asked, who, like, what celebrity would you sleep with? Or, like, what celebrity do you think is hot? Like, male celebrity. If you had to choose one, like, what's your male celebrity that yeah. you would fuck? And, like, they go to Brad Pitt. Like, Brad Pitt is ah. well, that guy. I sort of you know think I mean? that they say that, because I've heard that, too. And I think that people say that because it's the easy answer where Brad is, like, mm. he's, like, the baseline hot guy. So when someone says, who would you he's sleep baseline. with, you just say the one that everybody knows, the first one that comes to mind. It's Brad Pitt, because mm-hmm. he's, like, hot in everything. Andrews is Tom Hardy. See, that's a real answer. That I oh, also respect. That is a real answer <laughs> because yeah. that there's a lot of nudes out there of him too. Oh well, don't we know it? Both yeah. of us want, look yeah. at him. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, he has that little penis though. Yeah, mm, yeah. He also okay. has Tom Hardy has a MySpace page from when MySpace was around. Yep, uh, and it is him. my favorite thing. Whenever I think I'm like, oh, he's so hot, I remind myself of what a dumbass idiot he is. On you know what, MySpace? Chelsea? We don't yeah. look at your MySpace, so it's not fair. You should. It's a nightmare. I wish I could. I wish I could more than anything. <laughs> I think it's gone now, yeah. Um, I got deleted accidentally. So, yes. So, Michael, any other notes on the film film? Just one. Uh, I just thought it was boring after a while to just watch people say, there's no way that this can happen. It's going to happen. It can happen. Yes, it can, and it will. And it did. <laughs> Only these people know. Yeah, we know. Well, that's what's wild about the fact that I kept thinking about this. Is like, 
it's a movie, and so we're watching it as if it's fiction, but that actually fucking happened. So if it's frustrating to watch yeah. as fiction, imagine how frustrating it was in real life. Like, mm-hmm. how boring it is then when you're like, um, excuse me, guys, like, the whole world economy is going to collapse. Yeah. Not yeah. But it's also a little bit satisfying to watch as a viewer when, like, very few people know about it and they, like, are discovering it. And, and you're like, mm-hmm. yes, you're right. Keep pulling yes. on that string. You're right. Yes. And yes. it's, like, it, it, fun. It kind totally. of uses also, in a strange way, like, this is going to roundabout analogy, but, like, in order to understand something complicated or something deep or something... <clears throat> you know, that can be hard for some people to understand. I think a lot of filmmakers and the storytellers in general use actors with a certain reputation to tell a more complicated or nuanced story. Like you look at the TV series Roots or the TV film Roots, they used all like dads from like the Brady Bunch or like right. wholesome dads as the slave owners to like show white Americans like even good people can be bad. Mm. Right. And And in this film you have like... Steve Carell at that point like huge comedy star like yeah. The Office like we had an affection for him and Brad Pitt we had we love we we we, we, we trust we implicitly hard on over him like we exactly and you see him in this film and he's not being sexy like at all no. like he's not and the I Brad love Pitt it when we he know and it makes it more serious in a way even though it's comedic like there's a comedic take to it like it almost makes it more oh definitely serious it's like hey guys. Know? Uh, we have something serious to tell you. We're going to deliver it to you in the form you're used to us seeing it. But the reason we're here is to deliver this message to you. And so we're going to listen because end, you're Brad famous. Brad Pitt from Legends of the Fall comes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is interesting, though, that we are rooting on the bad guys. Like, there's this yeah. weird thing where you're like, these guys are capitalizing off of so many people's misery. And mm-hmm. that's just a weird thing to feel. We only get a glimpse of that a couple times. Yeah. The only, like, only Brad Pitt's character is the only one who really, and a, f- a fucking course it is. He's the producer, and he picks that role for himself. And Steve yeah. Carell, too. Steve Carell's yeah. like, I don't like doing this, but I'm doing it because, like, that's my job. Obviously, yeah. I'm not going to turn down millions He's pretty dollars. much the only character who has a real arc, Steve Carell's character. Yeah. Who has Which like is a, why I think he was my favorite. Like, yeah. damn. Yeah, of course, he was my favorite, too. Yeah. He definitely was my favorite. And I think like it's kind of like a, 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 a sequel, in a way, to the film Wall Street. Even Wolf of Wall Street? A really bad one. Yeah, no, to the film Wall Street with Michael Douglas in the 80s. Because like, oh. in a weird way, you're rooting for the bad guy, yeah. even though you don't want to be rooting for the bad guy because he's a greedy piece of shit. Right. You can't. Yeah, it's, it's, it, right. it fucks with your head. You think this movie is going to be about these guys who find out that the the market's going to crash? Like, the way you root for them is that they find out the market's going to crash and they do what they can to save the market. But that's not what happens. Mm-hmm. They do what they can to make money off of the market. And you're going, oh, fuck yes, which is really a mind fuck because you still, you walk away being like, oh, God, this is so fucking horrible and depressing, but also, like, way to go, guys. You made the millions on us. Yeah. It's really yeah. wild. Um, I think I it's time to get into ratings. And Can I just ooh. say one thing really quick? Yeah. Um, just a thing that I thought was interesting in one of the interviews that Steve Carell said. He said he talked to a lot of, the guy, a lot of these guys, obviously, because they're still alive. And he said, it's really weird to see the physical toll that shorting the market took on them, that they were all sort of stooped and hunched and pale. They all had oh, really yeah. bad stomach issues. That they all, Good like, for them. That it didn't, that, like, yes, they made the money. 
but they know, but like the psycho, the psychology of it really ate them alive. That's just that is interesting. To quote, interesting. to quote Countess Luann, "Money can't buy you class." That's right. <laughs> it's very they true. Had no class. That was that was lackluster. That that definitely could have landed better. I'm <laughs> <laughs> keeping her in though. Keeping her in. Yes. Keeping her in. <laughs> um, so, Michael, how much did the how did this get made, and how much did it cost? Well, it got made because Brad Pitt basically wanted this to get made. He bought the rights in 2010, and then Adam McKay came on in 2014 to help write it. Um, and the screenplay got finished in uh, 2014, also, and then they filmed it. And then it came out, as we all know, at the end of 2015. Um, its total budget was $28 million. It was filmed in New Orleans. Um, the whole thing? Where Brad Pitt has a deep connection, too. There's a, that's an important connection with Brad Pitt. It is. Well, I think it was filmed in New Orleans because he was down there building homes. And because he just took, he picked it. He was like, this is, I want to do it here. So he, they did it there. Um, yeah. Whatever Brad wants, Brad gets. That's right. So it it originally came out in limited release. Uh, it was only in eight theaters, and it made oh, like really? a ton of money in in those eight theaters. Though it made seven hundred and five thousand um, dollars. Mm-hmm. And then when it went to wide release, December twenty fifth, twenty fifteen, it was in fifteen hundred theaters nationwide, and it made sixteen million. It was the highest it ever got was to number six um, in the oh. like box office. It was behind. I mean, it's kind of hard. Christmas, a Christmas release for a movie like that's kind of hard. But it was uh, released around the same time as Hunger Games, um, uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, yeah. uh, okay, Daddy's Home, Sisters, Alvin and the Chipmunks. I mean, like family movies were out. Um, so Star Wars Episode Seven, biggie, biggie, biggie. That's a biggie. Yeah, yeah, and Hunger. Games, I remember I guess, when too, Star Wars, yeah. but Star Wars Episode Seven. It was only its second week, but it was just like. Still, at, by that oh, point, man. it had made 149 million. It was it was crazy. Yeah, I feel like we were working together then, Michael. Maybe I was definitely in San Francisco at that point. Yeah, we probably were. Um, you know, it's also one thing that's really interesting about this is Adam McKay. It was like his first foray into like serious, big, a critical acclaimed film, like yep. serious films. Like he was doing like, you know. Anchorman. Anchorman and shit yeah. before that, yeah. And, and like he was had, so two interesting facts about Adam McKay. I had so much spare time today, guys, because we're recording later than normal, so I have ten times the research. But um, one thing is that yeah, he was the head writer at SNL for two years, which I think is really interesting to like do that sketch comedy and then foray into this. But you can kind of see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then the totally second thing it. is his agent called him, and one day, like when he was editing some movie, and he was saying. His agent was like, okay, so I think you're doing a really good job here. Is there any like sort of book or movie that you would want to make if you could? And he was like, you know, I'd really like to make the movie The Big Short. And his agent was like, okay, I'll call you right back. And did some research and was called Adam McKay back and said, plan B, Brad Pitt's plan B has it. Do you want to talk to him about maybe writing it? Let's like make this happen for you. Oh, wow. And that's how it happened. Yeah, he was like, I kind of want to make The Big Short. And he was like, Do you think cool. Brad Pitt had any reservations being like, you just like literally Brad Pitt could have been easily been like, you just directed Bewitched, not yeah. Bewitched, Talladega Nights. Like yeah. <laughs> you just did Talladega Nights. Are you really going to do this film? Yeah. Well, really? I'm sure they really? did. I think they, they kind of did, but I, I was reading about how the actual writer, um, 
For this, like Charles the original Randolph? writer? No, Michael Lewis. Oh, oh no, Charles Randolph. Oh, the book. Um, sorry, no, Charles Randolph. He, he was trying to find a balance between like a little bit of a funnier tone, a little, but like not like hilarious, just like a little bit of a humor to it. And mm-hmm. then Adam McKay being involved, I think, only helped it because, and I always say this about all types of comedy, but like I think people who are comedians or are sketch comedy actors or comedy directors, I think they all have an ability to do serious very well because it's yeah. really hard to do comedy consistently and well. And yeah. so if you're good at comedy um, at a high level, chances are you can probably be very good at serious stuff too. Um, right. You already have the building blocks when you do comedy. Well, comedy, comedy essentially is, I mean, that's one of the things that I've always like doing stand up, I've always thought like I'm not delivering it in a funny way. I'm actually being very earnest and serious with what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. It's just your I inflection. I just know that the way I'm saying it, you're going to mm-hmm. take it in a right. funny way. It's like you know, like Stuart Smalley, he always delivered those lines seriously. That's a serious, genuine take on that character. Mm-hmm. Like yep. it's just it's a funny character. Right. <laughs> you know. So those are the, oh wait we're really dramatic actors that's what we are we're all we're just <laughs> we're all performing dramatic um, okay wait sorry final numbers domestic boss office lifetime was seventy point two million internationally oh, it made sixty two point nine million which I think this is one of the first movies that didn't make as much internationally as it did domestically um, yeah because it's so American cent it's like so U S centric who gives a fuck it's a very American yeah. story um, yeah but it's still gonna make sixty two million dollars because Brad Pitt's fuck in yeah, it bitchy. Um, well, so, Brad Pitt, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, and Christian Bale, like all the heartthrobs of Hollywood are in it. True. Yeah. Um, and Leonardo. Oh, you d- called Steve Carell a heartthrob. That's He's the har- he That's- makes my heartthrob. He is a heartthrob yeah. in his own way. He's an endearing heartthrob. Um, God, he he so is kind of sexy. He's sexy in a weird way. It's- oh, he's sexy in a, like, I want to snuggle. <laughs> yeah, I want to eat popcorn with you and talk about Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Taco Bell. Let's talk about it, we'll say to him. No. We'll have a podcast with Steve Carell called Let's Talk About It. Oh, uh, Jesus. Uh, kill me. How did, it get, Chelsea, how did it get received? Oh, very well. Um, it was nominated, I think it won for Best Adapted Screenplay on, in the Oscars. Christian Bale won some awards. Brad Pitt won the Producers Guild of America Award. It was very big deal. Yeah. And I didn't, I couldn't really actually find any bad reviews. Um, the EW gave it an A, a solid A, which is very rare for them. Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the reason why it doesn't have a higher score is because it is a pretty boring subject matter and it's pretty long. It does like sort of, it is kind of long. Yeah. Three quarters of the way in. I mean, I still really was into it. And then Roger Ebert gave it a 3.5 out of four, even though he's deceased. Um, that's really from the it. grave. There's nothing <laughs> <laughs> from the grave. That's, that's um, it. <laughs> so oh, that's really funny. <laughs> what? It, let's do our ratings now. Yeah. <laughs> you, let's start with. Mm, Brad Pitt's Sorry, performance. That Rod, Roger Ebert giving a review from the grave. <laughs> oh, he does it every week on thing. this show. He does like, it all I the time. I just see him up. Like, he, he may, he's in the other world, just sitting there on his laptop, just like it, typing in. He may be dead, yeah. but he refuses to be irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait to and hear he what may, he thinks he comes of Frozen 2. specifically <laughs> and strictly for This is the Pitts podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll play him. I'll play. I'll play Roger Ebert. Okay, great. Um, um, okay, so let's. Should we just start with the movie overall or Brad's performance? Let's do Brad's performance. Brad looks movie overall, and then we're going to do a very special edition of Mary Fuck Kill to take us out. Okay. Um, so, H. Allen, what's your general? One to ten scale, Brad's performance in this movie. One to ten. Brad's performance... You know, I thought a lot about this, actually, earlier, because it's, like, not a bad performance, but at the same time, it's not really, like, doing anything other than being a nice, warm blanket of an explanation from Brad Pitt. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I'm going to give a 7.5. Okay. That's... I would... I buy that. I would be... I think I'm aligned with you. Yeah. I think I'm going to give 7.5, too, because it wasn't... Bad, but it wasn't really groundbreaking. It was just like basic. No. He had a pretty small role, he, so it's really hard to. He did the job. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to give him a high score, obviously, because it wasn't spectacular. No. And you're not going to give him a low score because he didn't do anything badly. He just did what he needed to do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he got the movie made. So, so I think, are we all seven point five? Picture for it. Sorry. Did he get Best Picture nomination for it? I yeah, think they so, did. Right. Yeah, they got Best Picture nominated. nominated yeah. but they didn't win. Spotlight won, yeah. which deserved to win. That movie was so good. Spotlight yes. and The Big Short. I remember that year because they were both so like similar in their yeah. own weird ways. But Spotlight was good. Yeah, Damn Spotlight was, was good. good. Okay, what about his looks? Brad Pitt's looks. <laughs> I have to say. Because I'm from Missouri and because of the history and the special relationship that I feel like I have with Brad Pitt, I always will always give him a 10 in every single film for how he looks. Always, all the time, no matter what film it is. Okay. Okay. Wow. He appreciates it, first of all. I can tell you. I'll take daddy Brad Pitt. I'll take it. Oh, yeah. I think in my heart of hearts, I'm right there with you. Like, everything, he always gets a 15 in my book. But for the sake of this podcast, I will say... I did like him with the beard. And I wonder if that was a real beard or no. Ooh. Yeah, I would. I bet it was. I would say real. Yeah. But like, so the styling was really good. And like whoever styled him was good. Fuckability, not Low. so much. Really? Yeah, I mean, he's Brad Pitt, so we're always going to fuck him. But uh, I'm going to give him a six, five, 5.872. 5. Oh. 5.872. That kind of that's my hurts my heart. I'm gonna give him a five because yeah. I just wasn't really wasn't into this look. Apparently, apparently, you guys never wanted to fuck a librarian. No, well, no, not this librarian. Never. Not never. this librarian. No, I don't know. He Something looked about like he smelled bad. I have this weird thing where Brad Pitt has a very olfactory like hue to him. So if he looks like he doesn't smell like I want to fuck him in a movie, I, I'm not into it. Yeah, she's obsessed with that the smell. Sense. It's like all she can talk about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, you must have hated him in Troy. Oh no, I'm, I don't he remember smelled what I very like. good in Troy. He smelled like you think coconut so? I, oil. <laughs> yes, exactly. See, I have a feeling I take it like it's like a like he's realistic because I feel like he's very Paul Newman-y. So like yeah. he's probably being like deep into the character and smelling like a character that doesn't have any access to deodorant. That's Troy. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, and also a character who like is obsessed with farming his own seeds probably doesn't smell good. You know what though? But I, I digress. Brad Pitt's character in Troy metaphor, probably also smelled like a person who doesn't have access to toilet paper. Just saying. Yes. Yeah. True. Anyway. You'd have to go to the, the lake to clean off. If at all. Yeah. 
Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> movie overall. Movie in general. <laughs> <laughs> movie overall, I'm giving it an, an eight and a half. Oh, okay. Because I loved it. As an ensemble situation, just the content, everything about it, I loved. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same, actually. I agree. Okay. I mean, it wasn't a perfect 10 because it was slow. A nine. Okay, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no, that's all. I, a I nine is great. I gave it a nine because I really think it's pretty skillful how he made something so boring, even remotely entertaining, even mm-hmm. with all the famous that's people. Like, I think the writing was really good. I think the directing was really good, and I feel like I learned something here today. Well, good for you. Yeah, I agree. So thus concludes The Big Short, but before we do that, let's please do a Mary Fuck Kill. Okay. We can do a few versions. Okay. And now we're not talking about the actors themselves. We're talking about the characters who are acting in this movie. So. Gotcha. Steve okay. Carell, Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt. Okay. You, Mary Fuck Kill. I think Ryan Gosling. Okay, I got it. Oh, okay. Go, go ahead, Sadie Pines. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I was just going to think out loud, but I don't know for sure. So you let me hear yours. Oh, I know for sure. Okay. I would um I would definitely fuck Steve Carell. Like that's okay. a certain. Okay. Like, I would fuck Steve Carell. And I would marry Brad Pitt because duh. Yes. Like he lives like he's going to be protected from the zombie apocalypse and stuff. Like he's fine. So I'm going to marry Brad Pitt. And mm-hmm. I'm going to kill through fucking. Like I'm going to fuck kill. Okay. Oh, I kill. okay. I like that twist. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, see? So I get I get the fuck twice. We also have never really clarified if you're allowed to fuck a corpse in these scenarios. Like, can you kill him and then also fuck him? Sure. Oh. Well, can you can you kill by fucking, though? Yeah. I think so, too. I'm, al- yeah. I'm allowing If we're that. allowing that, we can allow the other one. The fun thing about these Mary Fuck Kills is that every person we're talking about is extremely rich. <laughs> well, oh, yeah, they are. Well, here's the deal. I think that your answer might be the only answer because Brad Pitt is the one. I mean, you could swap out Brad Pitt for Steve Carell, maybe, because yeah. both of them mm-hmm. have good morals and both of them are rich. But Steve Carell is like has a, a little bit man. of post-traumatic stress. Yeah, he's broken. Yeah. He's really ad- dick you don't want to fuck with him mm-hmm. you want to true. fuck him but you don't want to fuck with him true and i think that yeah. ryan gosling's character is probably has a a a small dick and b um is probably a like just a, like a selfish lover yes yeah. i will say that i think out of all of them he's the most likely to be gay <laughs> oh, oh okay well that doesn't surprise me either i think he's posturing but let's just throw christian bale into the mix and take ryan gosling out well, now it's interesting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, now it is interesting. Um, Actually, I think I would keep oh. it. Th- I'd kill Christian Bale. I don't think I could look at his you face know, for extended periods of time. Yeah, with that eye. <laughs> I would swap it. Actually. I'd fuck him in his I eye would, socket. I would. <laughs> Until he died. He'd impale his brain. <laughs> <laughs> I would We're still marry Brad Pitt. I would still marry Brad Pitt, but I would, um, I would fuck, I think, Christian Bale, and then I would kill, unfortunately, Steve Carell, only because he has so much trauma related to mm. this that yeah. I would be putting him out of his misery. Yeah. I think you're right. That's fair. Yeah. He'd follow in his brother's footsteps. Ooh. 
Oh. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, I think thus concludes well, on the that big note. short. <laughs> on that positive happy note. Um, <laughs> I wore my, my Legends of the Fall wig the entire episode. I'm very proud yes, of that. You, you sure did. We took did. plenty of screenshots, and we're going to post them all over the internet. Tell us one more time about... Do one last pitch for your, for your stuff. Oh, fuck. I'm horrible pitching me. Um, I am... uh, Latter-day Jew is the film, and You're Making It Worse is the podcast, and Sadie Pines is the woman. Yes. Well, thank you for coming on and talking about this with us and telling about all of your Brad Pitt anecdotes. You guys, I have had so much fun. I love you both. I think you're doing good work in the Brad Pitt universe. And I think you should lobby to get not only Brad Pitt on the podcast, but to have a meeting and a one-on-one with him. I think he would do it with you guys. I really do. I think he would, too. If you can uh, just put... My heart is pounding. If you can just, like, start that in Missouri, get that going on the home front, Uh, so his mom knows, then we can just really work it in. I mean, I would love Can to get that imagine? going. No, I can't. Can you imagine I'll die me 7, contacting deaths. his mother? Like <laughs> a drag queen contacting a Trump supporter. Like, honestly, can you imagine what that conversation is going to be like? Uh, you should yeah. go in drag. No. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, it might hurt us. She would be like, Brad, honey, I don't know what happened, yeah. but don't, whatever happens, don't do whatever that drag She's Like all those Hollywood was. liberals. Yeah, well, I think you guys should probably contact her. That's probably better. True. Yeah. True, true, true. <laughs> anyway, that's it for the anyway, big short. Yep. Thanks for listening. Thanks so I love much. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.